0: By Rebecca Spencer. That's crazy, and Rear Percival from almost the
1: halfway line.
2: Hi folks, and welcome back to N17 Women after a long international break. I'm here with Rachel, Sean, and Caroline, and we have quite
0: a game to talk about. So, How are you all? I'm good. I'm a bit soggy because I cycled home in the rain but other than that feeling happy to be here. Hanging in
3: there you know there's a lot going on in the world of Spurs this week. Um, You know we won't get into the men's side of things but plenty to talk about with the women's team as well.
1: Yes bit of a roller coaster day on Sunday really in many ways Um, and I've been busy today as well. We've been um, the women's football review under Karen Carney's taking place so we were presenting to uh, to her this lunchtime, so been a bit of a day, but please do uh, relax and talk about not completely terrible Spurs.
2: Sounds like interesting week, interesting game. Uh, I think it ended up being a bit heartbreaking, even though personally I would have been thrilled to take a point away from this game beforehand. So yeah, like Aston Villa have just been doing quite well so far this season, and let's face it, we haven't. But we'll get into it. So first things first, there were one or two fun tidbits to the the lineup. Vicky Jepson stuck with Becky Spencer in goal and had a back four ahead of her. But this time, the back four consisted of Harris, Molly, Amy, and the long-lost Esmita Ale. Ahead of them, we saw Angeride James and Drew Spence partner in midfield with Evelina Sumanen ahead of them. Ash Neville took up an attacking position on the left wing today, and Celine took up the right And of course, Beth England led the line. It actually ended up being more of a 4-4-2 with Evelina playing farthest forward with Beth. And notably, club captain Shalina Zdorski returned to the bench after her long spell out. So that was really great to see. So, What did you all make of that?
0: Good to see Ash back in attack. We've been saying we wanted to see that and to see Azmita given a chance as well. Again, another thing we've been wanting to see. Just while we're talking about who wasn't there or... Was there wasn't on the bench. There was no Manarira Bucci, and we don't have any news about her. So as one person returns, we have another mystery absence. But given the players that were there, I think yeah, I was quite positive about this. It was really good to see um, Celine also starting, and I was glad that we perhaps had a break from seeing Rose in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting to see Becky back in goal. I, I understand actually that. Period of absence for her was uh, was a lot about actually illness and little bugs that she picked up and things, so she wasn't fully fit. So we're still left in um, left in quandary about who is the uh, number one pick on goalkeeper from a Spurs women perspective. Um, although we've said before, there's not a lot to choose between the two of them. I think often the managers like Becky and her um, and her distribution and, and skills on the ball and Spurs fans maybe get a little bit more. Cautious about those uh, um, skills on the ball when it comes to uh, her putting us in danger in a few instances, but great to see her back and um, and, and obviously feeling a hundred percent again. And uh, yeah, otherwise, just kind of what we were expecting or what we were hoping for in terms of changes. I think to see a little bit of a difference from the uh, Rianne era. So good to see that those changes were implemented um, and that Beth was back in the starting lineup. Obviously, she's been having a few niggles and things and I understand she didn't play last week there was a friendly against Liverpool which we won um, and Beth didn't play in that one we scored three goals without Beth in that game apparently so that was good news but good to see her back and getting some minutes.
3: Yeah I was mostly just pleasantly surprised not to have any big uh, quibbles with this lineup I was excited to see Asmita not just, you know, playing, but starting for once because we really haven't seen that since the beginning of the season. Uh, so it was good to see her given an opportunity. And I think Becky starting again was a bit of a surprise um, just because it seems like we've, we've tended to favor Tenny this season. But it, it would be nice to see her get a run of games again. So I really didn't have any complaints about this lineup. And I, I thought it was going to give us a good chance of getting a result.
2: Yeah, can't can't really say any more than that. So the beginning of the game looked pretty familiar, at least to me. We were putting on the pressure, disrupting their play. Maybe we struggled a bit to string some passes together, but it was starting to sort of all meld, and we were starting to launch some attacks. But unfortunately, just around then, Aston Villa struck first, capitalizing on some of their pressure as we tried to play out the back. The ball made its way up to Ash on the wing, and she sort of tried to let the ball run ahead of her on the turn. Uh, but unfortunately, no one let her know Sarah Mailing was right on her back. And Mailing won the ball, laid it off centrally to Kenza Dali, who took some pressure from Angara James and Molly Barchip, but was nonetheless able to find Hansen in the box anyway. Hansen stood Ismita up with a touch and fired the ball into the back of the net. Boom. Uh, anything to say about that first goal?
0: wasn't good it came really fast it kind of definitely knocked us off uh perch a little bit and I think there was a few things I think both Ash and Asmita started the game I think a little bit off the pace and it I was wondering if you know for some of the players they they played over the international break others it was a break and it felt like there was a little few minutes of getting into the running and so I think Ash had a generally good game but it started slowly and I think Asmita was more obviously slightly off the pace for a while and again it's not unexpected she's had so little game time that it's you know I think she's also did some really good things and seemed to get into the flow a little bit more but it's really hard for a player to come in and out of games like that and I think Hansen was good last time we played them. And, you know, she's a really strong player, you know, sort of physically strong and has just got that ball control that is hard to defend against. So I think Asmita was put in a difficult position, but it wasn't great.
3: Yeah, Asmita definitely had some rest, which I think was to be expected. And overall, you know, having such a long break with it being the international break and then the FA Cup weekend, um, we definitely looked like a team that hadn't played in a while because Aston Villa, you know, obviously their cup game didn't go the way they would have liked, but that was a good opportunity for them to play. Um, So they had a bit of an advantage coming into this game in that aspect, but I, I didn't think that our, our positioning necessarily was the worst on this conceded goal. It was more just a matter of, you know, that, that restiness, the individual moments just not going correctly. So it was disappointing to concede that early, but I didn't feel terrible about the goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, going into the game, I wasn't expecting too much out of it, to be honest with you. Aston Villa are kind of where we were last season, the best of the rest, and and have been a good team. And coming up against them as the first team in this next run of games struck me as always going to be difficult. So um, I think there was probably a sense of inevitability about them scoring first uh, and just felt like and it wasn't a great goal bit slow off to start um just yeah just didn't didn't I mean at that point I think it was like okay right here we go again um and certainly in a minute it really was
2: yeah just a flat-footed goal all around like yeah from a number of our folks anyway uh that happened and then Aston Villa grabbed a second just 10 minutes later right after the ref awarded Villa a free kick off an ungrad James Hyde boot Aston Villa got there first from that resulting curling free kick. Anna Patton, I think it was, knocked it down across the box. And, of course, Rachel Daly was there to finish it. Very curious on your thoughts about this one. So let's start off. First things first, did you guys think that boot was high enough to warrant a free kick? Because, like, I don't know, but, like, it's hard to judge height on the television, especially when the camera's coming from above.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was pretty high. I think it was uh... (laughs) a... It was a silly one, really.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it at the time it seemed like, oh, this is a silly free kick to give away. So it wasn't one where you thought it was a bad ruling. It was just, yeah,
2: yeah. And I feel like sometimes those are called, and sometimes they're not. And so whenever like a goal results from one, it's always a little bit like, should we think about this? Um, but yeah, fine, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> so now on to the actual free kick. Uh, you know we've had problems with set pieces all season, and it seems like now they're back to bite us. What you guys think? I mean, I mean
3: exactly. You... It's a recurring problem. We just don't seem to have a good agreement in place on who is marking who, who needs to be where, and we just we just get caught out constantly on them. And we saw that in their third goal as well, unfortunately.
0: And both goals, they would play the. Their ball was not directly to the. To Rachel Daly, it was always played to somebody else who knocked it back towards Rachel Daly. And I think it was just that extra step that we hadn't prepared for and weren't able to defend. So people were on Rachel Daly, but then there was that extra time, which is taken up by the ball bouncing, you know, going to one end of the box and coming in again. And in that period, she made these runs in both goals. And I know we're jumping ahead, but she makes very good runs and she's good at heading the ball and yeah we weren't it's, it's funny right I
2: think like I I think it's a little bit criminal to like leave Rachel Daly marked in the box even for a second even though it's like on the second ball and it reminded me of like I saw a tweet about it was about Gotham FC and the NWSL actually because Lynn Williams scored on a somewhat similar play and someone tweeted like I imagine that realizing you've left when Williams unmarked in the box is like leaving your house and locking the door and realizing that you forgot your keys in there all of a sudden and I think it's like the same
0: thing it's like as soon as I saw her coming I was just like oh no no but it was also different players doing it like I think this was the one where she came around Molly and she like actually came around goal side of Molly and then got in front of her between her and the ball but the next one she was being marked by Amy and that one she did like a whole run round and used almost like Evelina as a you know as a block so I mean she her runs are just really varied and you can see our players like holding her being on her and then they're not and it's just like instant
2: Yeah, her movement is just superior. Yeah, so didn't stop there, though. Even 2-0 down, Spurs kept on attacking. I think, notably, Ash almost put away Molly Barchip's free kick um, a little bit after that and was, you know, dialing up the attacking pressure. And just a few minutes later, all of Ash's hard work was finally rewarded with our first goal of the game. Celine Bezette picked up a wayward Phil pass and laid it off to Angerad. And then Angerad found Beth England, who spotted Ash on a run into the box. Speaking of good movement, uh, Ash probably would have taken the goal herself if Hannah Hampton hadn't just absolutely cleaned her out. We can talk in a minute about whether that was a penalty or not, or whether it would have been a penalty or not. But it did not matter because Evelina had made the follow-up run and was right on the end of that wayward ball to latch onto it and put it away. So what do
1: you all think about that? Excellent stuff, really, wasn't it? I mean, you know, just that movement and that um, and and Evelina following up, having somebody in the box to follow up. You know, how many times we said if there'd been somebody in the box, you know, and it meant that we didn't have to worry about what the ref's decision was. It was a goal and that was that. So great to see. And, you know, maybe Evelina needs to be banned for a couple of matches Um, More regularly because she seems to have come back and been doing. I mean, we knew. I mean, she was playing well before, but she wasn't scoring these goals, and she's now what three in the last two. So, um, long way to continue.
2: And a couple for Finland as well. Yeah,
0: and also she started off this goal really. If you look at like the pressing in the centre of midfield, you know she was always leading the press, and this was one where she started the press. She got the she sort of created some chaos, which eventually enabled Celine to. Um, get that ball so again she was involved in all stages of this and then the ball from Beth was just brilliant it was absolutely fantastic her through ball and I mean so she was you know she played a massive part in this and then Asha's run um, you know getting to the ball before the goalkeeper so I think it was definitely a penalty if it hadn't been a goal And then Evelina, there were three Villa players coming at that ball and Evelina was behind them and slid through to get the ball. So she actually, it was that sort of determination was really impressive. When I rewatched it, I was like, yeah, she put in a lot of work there to finish it off. So I think all around, like all of the players involved in that did a really good job. And yes, Hannah Hampton definitely brought down Ash. But then I had this really interesting conversation on Twitter with Stu Heaps, who I am guessing is the father of Eleanor, perhaps, because he knew a lot about goalkeeping. Um, and said that who said that they've changed the rules. And so now that wouldn't have been a red card, it would have been potentially a penalty and a yellow card, because it's not meant to be double jeopardy. So in this case, assuming that you said the referee played, you know, allowed play to go on, and so you got the goal, it should still probably have been a yellow card, but not a red card for Hannah Hampton. But she didn't get any cards. I mean,
3: I'll take the goal instead of her getting carded. That's perfectly fine in this case. <laughs> but yeah, I think this was a really good example of how the formation change helped get Evelina into a better position because we had talked previously this season about how she wasn't really served well by being put in a more defensive midfield role. Um, and having her up there as kind of the second striker, it it really seems to be unlocking her capabilities And it was funny because watching the replay of this goal, like it it looked to me like a classic Nikki Karchevska, you know, kind of scrappy Fox in the box kind of goal. And to see Evelina playing that role is kind of extraordinary based on how we've seen her kind of pigeonholed previously. So, I mean, major kudos to Evelina for being so tenacious and yeah, battling off three players to get that shot off. That was incredible.
1: But I think that's what we've seen from Evelina, haven't we? When, we she, when she plays well, you know, that spirit and that drive is, is you know, why she's one of our favourite players, because she does play that play that hard in that sense. Uh, and just great to see her getting the rewards for the work that she's put in. You know, there have been times when she struggled in the, the summer in the Euro. she didn't have the best summer and the best performances. But this season, and she started again slowly this season, but she's really come into it now and, you know, a hugely important player for us. Can you imagine her getting to play with Rhea Percival? That's oh my gosh,
2: so much running, so much, so much tackle. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's really, I think it's interestingly like astute to be playing her up there because you know we all know she can run. She's been just covering huge amounts of distance for us for ages, and you know there have been a couple times where she's popped up in front of goal. You see, Evelina like. Knocking in goals and training and getting those one touches, like, like why not have her making those late runs into the box? Why not have her leading the press? We know she can run. We know she's gonna fight for everything. Like she seems to be a smart player who follow instructions, and it seems like. From her post match interview, she's also like really working well with Beth. I thought it was so funny. I don't know if you guys saw the exact quote, but she was like, <laughs> "She was like, I just do what Beth tells me to do," and kind of was like laughing about it. But I'm happy to see them working together, and I do feel like that is a really interesting unlocking of Evelina's skill set. Uh, long may it continue. <laughs> so, what are your guys' thoughts on the rest of that half? I know that kind of capped up the the, the goals, um, but you know there was still a whole second half of the
1: first half to go it was a it was a weird afternoon because obviously the men were playing at the same time and obviously we were keeping an eye on the other games in that kind of relegation zone and when the first two goals went in the afternoon just it just felt like the whole day was not going our way um brighton um and reading were both winning in their games the men were losing at newcastle uh it just felt like it was just not gonna be our day and perhaps not our season. But then we got that goal back and actually we did, you know, we didn't look like a significantly worse side than Aston Villa. We were holding our own against the best of the rest. Uh and you know, I you know, the players were in there and fighting for it, which is more than the people who went to Newcastle, but I think. So um no, uh, it was, it. you know, we were still in it at half time, which we hadn't been, I, I think, at that two, when we went two nil down, I think a lot of us went, okay, <laughs> it's just not our day. Um, but then we got another a goal back and everything's to play for again, isn't it?
0: So I definitely shared that sort of sense of depression at two nil down with and and also Reading were two nil up and um Brighton were one nil up so it did feel like and you know you looked at the table we were one point off the bottom they were all above us everything was just looking dismal and quite honestly we were playing worse than Aston Villa like I mean and I think across the whole game we found ways to score and we found ways to almost win but i think that aston villa looked stronger at lots of points they definitely had their progressive play was really fast and if you look at especially that first goal which i think exemplified it the speed with which they found space and were able to make our defenders look kind of chaotic they continue to do that, but we also knew that Villa are not as good defensively as they are in attack, and so it wasn't surprising in a way that we were finding goals um and you know so I think at half time I was feeling okay, this is possible, and i'm and, you know the downside of moving evelina forward is she's not the back and one of the issues that we've had is like, I, and you know, anghera did contribute to especially the third goal. Sorry. So she did play a part going forward, I think, but she isn't as strong as Evelina in defensive midfield. And it felt like we were losing some of those midfield battles and, you know, it, we were poor across the entire game in terms of passing and, you know, throw-ins, free kicks not our best um I think Becky had her distribution, I think she had a pass completion of about thirty five percent three of twenty two long balls went to anyone, which is really poor, and you were seeing that that we were just having those turnovers, so watching on the one hand, it felt like yeah, we're still in this game, but on the other hand, a lot of the stuff that we pointed to over the season wasn't resolved um yeah, so I think it was that there, there was so many throw-ins where Carris was trying to find someone and there was nobody getting free people weren't you know people weren't screening for each other so they were just sort of not getting free and then there was I think about four different throw-ins that just went directly out of bounds or just sort of dribbled away to an Aston Villa defender and so just things like that felt very frustrating and you know again I guess those are the small margins that you can fix but
3: I think that's an interesting call out about Becky's pass completion rate, because typically we see her favoring short passes, and that was not so much the case in this game. And I don't think that winning our aerial duels has ever been a strength of this current roster. So it's kind of a weird strategy to me to have her doing more of the long balls. But I also think your point about having that kind of trade off with Angered playing more defensively is interesting. Because I agree, like, I don't think either of them are particularly strong defensively. And that's just kind of a general issue with the squad. Um, Not having a true sort of defensive midfielder currently fit anyway. But I do want to call out the fact that Angrad was really positive in the attacking sense in this game, because I've definitely been like very harsh of her this season. And I thought she had a really strong game going forward. I think she was involved in at least two of our goals um, and just seeing her being more focused on making progressive passes um, rather than kind of playing it safe as we tend to see her do. So I think overall, I have to say too, it was difficult for me to have like a full view of this game because the FA player was having an absolute nightmare. Like even on our first goal, it it cut out completely. And when they showed the replay, they were really only showing um, the, you know, potential penalty question. So I didn't even know that it was Evelina who had scored until halftime. (laughs) So that was less than ideal. So if
2: I have some gaps in memory, that is why. I feel like I might have like a similar but slightly different perspective on the throw-ins. Because what I just did this morning was I watched the game back on 2x feed on Spurs play. And I think what happened with the throw-ins, because for the first few of them, like the first two maybe, we actually had a routine. Uh, like there was this cycling happening that was like freeing up someone in the middle, but we only had one routine. And then once Villa figured it out, there were just no more ideas. And so you could see Karis looking for the person getting free in the middle and then they weren't getting free. And then she would have to throw it down the line and it would just go right out. And I thought that was interesting. Like, I guess at least there was one, maybe that means we'll turn up with a few more next time,
0: but like, eh. But because we used to have a different routine, because I have this really strong memory of Karis, especially. She would always, it would always be like, she would pass it to somebody just, it would be just up the line, not far, but a little bit, they would knock it back to her. And then she would take the ball on. And it was just like, okay, it was the same all the time, pretty much, but it seemed to work because you'd have two players. It would usually be like a choice of two players that would alternate up the line. She would play to one of them. And that just seemed to have stopped happening completely. And like you say, it was mostly going out to somebody much more centrally. And I don't know if they made some decisions about this was a better way or a faster way to progress the ball than down the wings. But yeah, it was weird. It was was really noticeable that it kind of just jammed up.
2: Yeah, and I couldn't get a sense of what, there were like barely any throw-ins on the other side, right? So it was like what, it was hard to get a sense of like exactly what the instruction had been there. So let's move on to the second half. I think we pretty much already covered how we were feeling then, but we did not have long to worry about that because right off the bat we grabbed another. Ash crossed the ball after some lovely hold-up play from Drew Spence in the box. Celine Bisset flicked Ash's cross on, and Evelina Sumanen again popped up to finish. Beautiful goal! It also did come from a throw-in. But what did you all think?
3: Well, it was just good to see us being more composed on the ball than we tend to be Um, you know just having those like quick crisp passes it it took you know Villa's defenders out of the equation so hopefully we can see a little bit more of that from set pieces like throw-ins and free kicks in the future because it it really felt like in that moment we had a plan and executed it well but it was just a beautiful team goal you know
1: yeah nice to see you know actually you know some plays working some you know players play, not all relying on Ink Beth to get the ball in the back of the net all those kind of things and seeing ash get back into the game in that way i still don't think she's back to her best but she's certainly had a better game this time around and Celine, i think had a great game you know particularly those last two um two goals she played an important part in them and as i say she will we'll talk about her coming off later on but um just yeah just nice to see some team you know some putting them putting the, the passes together putting the plays together those kind of things that develop confidence which is what we've been lacking for the last few weeks because of the results Um, what we need is that confidence and those kind of things I think are going to help with that as, as a team rather than just great Beth we've got Beth and she can score.
0: Yeah. What the other said, I mean, just on Celine having a good game, I think she actually, it, she came into the game as well. Like the thought I was thinking for at least the first half hour that she was really struggling against Hanson, who is a sort of player that you're going to struggle against. Um, and we weren't having a lot of joy down that wing. It felt like things were being moved over to the other side a lot of the time. Um, but as you said, she then came into the game, especially in the second half until she went off. But yeah, she, so she did definitely, she, played a lot of some really nice attacking football. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. She was involved in all three because she also like, she lost the ball on the first goal and then worked to win it back and then started the whole thing off. Like along with, I think Evelina's part came prior to, I can't remember if it came before or after, but yeah, she had a great attacking game. That was kind of like the way people were talking. This was like the player I thought we were getting when we signed her, what we saw today. And yeah, just your, to the point of like, we looked so much more decisive and confident. And going back to a point we've made many times on this podcast, like there were like five players in the box during that whole play. And like, look what that gets you. gets you goals. Funny, funny how that works. So yeah. And then in the 59th minute, that was when a lot of the magic really happened. So Celine Bizet Again, just made Lucy Staniforth look so foolish on the wing with a lovely touch around her. Uh, And then she played in a looping cross. Ash knocked the ball back into the centre. Angerad James flicked it on to Beth England, who, of course, made no mistake. Beautiful, lovely team goal. I think Rachel said that on Twitter. How did that make you all feel?
1: I think uh, kind of uh, unbelievable at that point. We'd gone into the game not really expecting too much from it. We'd gone 2-0 down um and after the way we've played this season we were expecting even less than we had at the beginning of the game and now here we were beating the best of the rest of this season um it was it it yeah it was a it was a feeling of disbelief i think at that point
3: Mine was actual disbelief because the fa player had once again cut out and i missed the goal and all of a sudden the score line said three to two in our favor. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Glad, glad to have not seen that. Um, but once I eventually saw the replay, yeah, it was another really strong team goal. I think Celine, as we said, had a really strong game after she kind of grew into it, you know, every, every, I think everyone kind of started off a little slow, but she particularly grew into the game and had, I think, arguably player of the match performance. Um but it's it's always great to see Beth score a goal, you know, but to have her, I mean, she scored the game winner, but at the same time to get goals from Evelina, it's nice that we're kind of sharing the load more. And we talked about, there were other opportunities for plays to score like Ash specifically with that one header that went just wide. So I think just seeing us have more fluidity and attack and more options, um, it's really promising. And I feel like the thing I took away the most from this game was the improved mentality of the team because they had kind of been talking in interviews beforehand about, you know, taking all of these last few games very seriously, wanting to win all of them, which, you know, was ambitious. But I think they actually did come in with that attitude and you could see it in the way that we were playing. So kudos to the team for turning around the attitude. <laughs>
0: I do really think it is as Abby was saying about having those players in the box, but also especially having Beth there who people trust to do something with the ball. And so like has flicked it to Beth. And I don't know that she would have done that with that sort of confidence if it was somebody else, like it was so obvious that she was going to get it to Beth and that sort of that took away that level of having to think about what she was going to do with it. So she did it so fast. And then obviously what Beth did, it looks simple, but she still had to split the the defender and the um goalkeeper and get it into the far corner, which she did obviously as she can. Uh, and notably Evelina was in the box and wasn't even needed for that one. So it was just, it was that thing of having all those players there creating sort of a little bit of, you know, confusion for Villa and providing options, but also, players who the other players are confident can do something with the ball so that we haven't got people like, you know, Has isn't taking a wild shot. She's laying it off knowing that there are people there who can do something with it if they're in better positions. And I think that was really, really good to see. I am though going to totally dispute Caroline saying that, celine had a player of the match performance evelina had the player of the match performance and there isn't you can she got a brace and she like made some amazing tackles and we were talking about bad throw-ins she had some um, she just like had some really clever throw-ins. she was one of the few players who had the confidence to just take a fast throw in and move the ball forward and she's also one of the things you notice when you see her live is I think Abby, you were saying about how she takes instructions, but she's also always giving instructions. She's always pointing to where, you know, other players need to be. And she's thinking about the game. And it was really obvious in this game. So I am not letting anyone else have player of the match for this one. That's, that's totally
3: fair. I mean, I'm not going to like argue with you. I'm just someone who always like, When I think about player of the match, I look to the person who's kind of been like behind the scenes, quietly making it all happen. But you're right. I mean, Evelina, incredible.
2: (laughs) It was like kind of a a breakout match for for both of them in a way. And I think like, yeah, I actually like I was thinking about this when I said the bit about Beth England before. It's not just and it's clear that it's not just Beth telling Evelina what to do, because I think. It was maybe right before that third goal, I saw like Evelina shout something to Beth and then like Beth moved a little bit. And like, I just love that they're building that trust and it really seems to be working out. Um, And of course, I'm going to totally just talk myself up for a minute because I said – in preseason that Evelina was going to have a breakout season like 500 times. And for a while I was like, damn, okay, maybe not this year. Um, But now I'm back on the Evelina. I I mean, I never left the Evelina train, but the Evelina train is back in motion and we are ready. Um, But yeah, no, unfortunately, despite all that, we were not able to hold out for the win. And I know we already mentioned Bill's third goal a little bit when we were talking about their, second goal um now I can't even remember what order they happened in but that aside did we learn anything new from conceding that third goal
1: we really can't deal with second balls on um set pieces I don't know that and Rachel Daly
0: is good at headers but I guess that was already sort of what we do yeah
3: no new information on this conceded goal in my opinion (laughs)
2: Yeah that's kind of how I'm feeling as well because like we also just conceded the winner to Everton like that was the very last thing we did in the WSL before international break so
1: nothing new on on my end Um yeah. I mean but at least it wasn't we didn't lose the win we didn't lose all the points rather we kept a point this time which is better than we've done previously so you know it did, nothing new learnt, but at least not as bad as last time that and is
0: actually
1: so like when they when their fourth
0: official held up the board with six minutes vicky jepson turned to the i think probably somebody in the crowd and just like did a sort of sucking motion like like we're okay six minutes again because that's what it'd been against everton and that's when we conceded and then she turned to i don't even remember which player and she like sort of put her finger to her head like think this is the time to start to use your brains so it was obviously she was as nervous as we were at that point that six minutes was a lot but you know
3: yeah. what I I saw that six minutes and because we had had a largely positive performance I, I was like oh we could still go on and win this potentially like I had not given up hope so I mean that's a much better position to be in mindset wise than can we hang on <laughs>
2: I think so. And like we, this had nothing to do with the third goal other than it being like a tying goal rather than like an extending the lead goal. We did learn that we could come back from a 2 0 def- deficit against a not too shabby at all team. Um, Yeah. So final thoughts on the game. We're going to come on to uh, subs and personnel in a minute. But I know, Rachel, you were saying earlier that there were some concerns about the pitch maybe. And I thought we should get to that.
0: Yeah, I guess it was just, it was really noticeable, especially in the first half that there was a lot of slipping and sliding around. I mean, I guess it was probably in the second half too. I just maybe stopped noticing it at that point. Um, but it had been raining beforehand and the pitch was muddy and we know that it's not a great surface at the moment. So, I mean, that's one of the good things is next week we're going to be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So hopefully it will be a chance to play some better football. Um, But you could, I was wondering, you know, I I was talking about the poor passing earlier and obviously having really bad surface isn't going to help that. That said, Villa's passing was better than ours. So it's not only the surface, but it might've been partly. You know,
2: I could totally see the surface being the culprit in the way our passing sometimes takes like five or 10 minutes to ramp up, especially because I thought, and especially on 2x, 3x speed, we were like doing some patterns and holding the ball much better than we had been in the past. Like, I'm not saying that like, it was a perfect performance by any means, but there was noticeable improvements on that front. So I could see that for sure. So yeah, things ended all square. And uh that was that. But there were two players in particular in this game we hadn't seen much of in a while, and that was Azmita Ale and Jess Nas. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you guys think they did.
1: I mean, I think Jess is back to bit, you know, has come back with that attitude that we like from Jess. Sometimes when she comes back from injury, she comes back a little bit cautious and trepid, and she showed again that she's not, you know, she's back for the fight with this one. Um, I think Asmita, as we've said, was rusty and was going to be rusty because she hasn't played in so long. But I don't, you know, that first goal aside, I think she had a, a, a tidy game uh, and, you know, getting back into things um, is, is good for her and giving her some more game time is great. So, um, yeah, I think both of them did did well in the circumstances.
3: Yeah, agreed. Especially on Azmita, I think she needed some time to get into the game, but she had quite a few kind of important interceptions. And I always enjoy seeing her kind of her vision for the game, I think, is really strong. So just her past selection once she made those interceptions was really good. So I think she just needs more playing time, which we've been saying all season. So that hasn't changed.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I said at the start, I didn't think she started very strongly. I think she grew into it. All the stuff that you said, Caroline and Sean, about what her strengths are, are there. And also, I wanted to see Ash playing at the attack and we need somebody else who can play as a fullback if Ash is going to play forward. And, you know, she was involved in lots of our attacking, um, two of our goals, actually all three of our goals. So, you know, those also wouldn't have happened if we'd have had Ash playing at, right back. So we do need Asmita to be playing well for our whole team to be doing the things that it's doing best.
2: Yeah, agreed. So um I wanted to talk also about our subs in general. So to recap, uh that was at 59 minutes, Roz came on for Asmita and I think Ash moved back to fullback at that point um in the 67th minute. Jess came on for Celine, who looked to be carrying at least four different knocks at that point. And then, in the 88th minute, uh, Kit came on for Evelina and Cho or sorry, is that what happened? I think Cho came on for Evelina and Kit came on for Beth. Double sub not sh- exactly sure where everyone ended up. Uh, so what do you think of those subs?
1: Well, um, Rose came on, I guess as we knew she would, and straight away had a shot from really far out that we were like, why? <laughs> why are you shooting now? And then not that much later in, a little bit later in, she got closer to the goal and decided to pass. And we're like, that's where you shoot. Um, so decision-making again from Roz was not where, you know, she's had some great periods of play um, in the second half of the season, but that was not it in this game. Um Celine, I'm worried about because she was holding her arm like like it was hanging almost um, uh, before she came off. Um, and that's, so don't know what's going on with that. But I'm a little bit concerned that it is going to be something that's not great. I'm hoping it's just cautionary and painful in the moment, but nothing terrible. Um, but we know what happens with us and injuries. Um, and with uh, Kit coming on great, she's still warming up into the season, I think. But um, Cho coming on was not exciting for me. And when she got the ball and was running down the wing towards the goal, you're just like, yeah, but nothing's going to happen with that. Um, and it's it's a shame to say. I mean, I mean, obviously, we know Beth was on limited minutes and wasn't going to play the whole thing. And I think she played longer than she was supposed to anyway. But, um, yeah, it shows, it shows again that our depth is still... Um, missing a little bit potentially. Um, players coming back from injury still needing a bit of time. Good news is, hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything goes to plan, Rhea Percival will be on the bench for the Brighton game and might get some minutes. Um, so there is more coming, but there is still a lack of depth for us, I think, with with players you actually think are going to do something. I
0: mean, I think I was disappointed about Roz coming on for not only because she isn't my favorite player although that probably tinged it but also because it pushed Ash back and I wanted to see Ash staying at the front and I thought Esmita was doing a good enough job and was I also think that having Ash and Esmita both on the pitch meant that we had more total defensive cover than at the point at which we had Roz on the pitch and um also and Jess who you know Jess did defensive work later um when she came on and I actually also I had a chat with Jess after the game and she was just like very just seemed so happy to be back playing and you know Jess is lovely so I thought she had she did some good stuff and her coming on for Celine as Sean said Celine had her hand wrapped in ice by the after when she came back to the bench so definitely something and hoping it's not too much but yeah I didn't like that substitution of Roz for his meter I think it was it didn't help in lots of different ways. Um, The last substitutions, it was weird. We kind of went from having playing with two up front to having no one up front because neither Kit nor Cho are really a a strikers. And obviously Evelina isn't exactly, but she can be one if she wants, if you know, you ask her to be. And so you've gone from um, having, you know, Beth and Evelina to having Kit and Cho, And I understood like the logic maybe is about creating this running, but I I kind of thought it might've made sense to have either one of those and Nikki brought on at that point, because at least then you've got more of a target person. If you're trying to keep the ball um, at the front, that would make more sense perhaps. Um, Yeah. So that neither would, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't quite work for me.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think in that last, double substitution. I would have wanted to see Nikki be one of those subs probably in place of Cho. Um, Cause I think Kit can do some of the, you know, sort of midfield work. And then at least we have that kind of target up top with Nikki. So that one was a little baffling to me. Um, I also had missed um, the moment when Celine got the knock. So I was kind of like, why is Celine going off? It didn't make sense to me, but now in hindsight, you know, like I said, gaps in the FA player, things were missed. But
2: yeah, I was was like actually kind of happy that it was her arm because when she first went down, it like she'd been kind of knocked in the knee as well. And even like after she went off holding her arm, she was like also holding her knee with her other hand. And I was like, and she'd been getting beat up for like 10 minutes before that, like during the goal celebration, she was holding her hamstring. And like before that happened, she like went down holding her other knee. It was just Celine was like not having a good time out there. Uh, and was succeeding in spite of it Uh, but yeah I don't know I'm worried about her and I literally don't know which part of her body to be most worried about so I guess we'll find out so sounds about right despite the you know everything else about Spurs right now we've we're kind of avoiding discussing um, there was at least a flurry of good news around the club this week First of all, there's what Sean mentioned earlier is that uh, Vicky Jepsen has said that if all goes well, Rhea Percival should appear on the bench um, against Brighton, or she should at least be available for that. Uh, Elsewhere, um, Gracie Purse in Bristol won promotion to the WSL this weekend. Gracie was an unused substitute in this game, but uh, from what I've seen, she's been quite good for them so far. She's scored, I'm pretty sure she scored two goals for them, one in the cup and one in the league. Um, at least she's got a bunch of full 90s under her belt, and it's been looking pretty good. So, how good do you think this loan spell has been for Gracie? Not to ask a totally leading question.
1: Well, there's there's nothing bad to say about uh, um, being part of a a squad that have been hugely successful, uh, and there's no doubt that you know Bristol City have been hugely successful this season. Two seasons ago. They were languishing in this league, and now last season they narrowly have um, um, missed out on promotion. And this season they've secured it with a game to go. Um, being part of that kind of atmosphere uh, can only be a good thing. And and hope you know we've seen that when she's played at Spurs, she hasn't been completely out of her depth. So hopefully in the next season she can come back to Spurs and and be pushing for a first team spot at Spurs and bringing that that kind of buoyed atmosphere you know with a squad who are otherwise experiencing a really difficult season she can hopefully come in with a bit more energy and a bit more excitement and 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 help to build that
3: yeah and I'm also just happy that she made it through her loan without an injury because I feel like we've had really bad luck with our loan players in recent seasons picking up injuries and just really not getting any experience at all so for her to have actually had a pretty significant role with Bristol is great to see and you know, part of me wanted her to stay behind as depth for us this season to begin with. So I, I can easily see her coming into the rotation next season.
0: I mean, I think that her contract uh, like Esther's is up this year, but she has an op, there is an option for one more year. So I guess one of the questions is whether or not the people who are making these decisions at Spurs, who we don't know really who those are. Um, I'm guessing Vicky Jepsen for the moment, but who knows, um, what they think about her ability to play a part in the team. And obviously in her case, because there is already an option, it wouldn't be a new contract. It's I would guess that they'll keep her. I think Esther is going to be more of a choice. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see the impacts of those loans and how they've done on those loan spells on what happens in terms of their Spurs careers.
2: Yeah. And they're, I mean, you'd like to see them stay and succeed because they're both... Spurs fans as far as I know or at least Esther's a Spurs fan and Gracie's from a Spurs supporting family uh so yeah and then the other big good news of the week was that Molly Barchip signed a new contract and we've said a hundred times the four of us have all been hoping for it so how are we feeling pretty good then
0: very good yeah super happy about that um we love Molly. Molly's great. Um, you know, she was also really happy to be here. I chatted her briefly after the game and, you know, she was just saying, as she said to us when she was on the podcast, you know, she likes it as Spurs and she wants to stay. And so that's great. It's good for everyone. Hearing um,
3: this news kind of almost back to back with the news about Rhea coming back into the squad, I think was part of the reason I was feeling positive coming out of this international break. Cause it kind of feels like things are starting to come together finally. Like, Players getting back from injury, the roster for next season already starting to take shape. Like it's, it was a good feeling to have after not having a whole lot of hope at times this season.
1: And I think we were all a little bit worried with the management situation that maybe players would be choosing not to make those decisions at this point and waiting to see, particularly a player like Molly Bartrip, who I would imagine would have um, suitors from other clubs if she were looking to be a free agent. So, um, really good that she's decided to stay and she has been probably our most consistent performer this season um you know uh, as we've said before nothing nothing spectacular most of the time but only one real big major error which was one of those you know things that happen when you're a center back sometimes so uh she's had a great season despite the rest of of the team and uh, has you know had to cover Cover with Shalina being out and things, you know, that can't have been easy for her. So, and as we know, you know, she does feel like, you know, she she started at Spurs when she was very young. She's come back again, feels like one of us, and she believes in the project and what's happening at Spurs. So, a great kind of player to have around.
0: I was going to say as well, I think she's been really. Unfortunate in a way. I feel like she could potentially have been in the conversation about England with all of the other centre backs sort of like falling by the wayside if Spurs had not had such a disastrous season this year. Like, if we'd have been having the season that we had last year, this year, she might be one of those names that people were starting to sort of like, you know, say it, you know, like, oh, maybe, you know, outside chance. Blah, blah, blah. And she's not. And that's not, she's not going to be in the conversation because. You know, our defense does not look impressive, and her numbers do not look great. But I don't think that any of us think that's because she isn't a really consistent um, center back, right? And she's only twenty
2: six as well, so like it's not like it, she gives off the vibe the way she plays of being like much more experienced than that. But she's still got she's still got time, and you know, this one season I think is is not going to stop her. Um, at all you know especially since she's had a great one despite the rest of us so I guess we have to talk about relegation again uh luckily uh the, those early game moments of seeing Brighton and, and Reading go up against Liverpool and Everton respectively did not pan out or come to pass they both lost so um we're ninth in the table but we're only cl- three points clear of Leicester at the bottom. Leicester have a game in hand, Brighton have a game in hand, uh, and we're two points clear of Reading, who do not have a game in hand. So what's the verdict this week? Feeling better, feeling worse?
1: Feel for me that Reading um, running that is the saving grace for me. You look at who they've got to play and if we can beat them, I, I don't, you know, we, we should be fine um because they have got big teams coming um and no no easy games amongst that so um and they are below us now so you know ideally we want to pick up points against Brighton as well to just make doubly sure um and I think hopefully fingers crossed touchwood the new bounce the new manager bounce has um come and gone from Brighton after this weekend so it'll be an it will be a really interesting. Match out will come to that, but I think I'm I'm still, you know, I'm still pretty hopeful that we're going to survive this season and then next season we can get back to how we were last season. Please.
0: I think that moment at the start of this game where it looked like both Reading and Brighton were going to win. It was like, that was such a sort of like heart in mouth. Oh, we really are very close. And you just need those other teams to outperform their expectations a little bit. Um, hasn't completely gone from my um, emotional sort of um, memory. And so I still feel nervous, but I guess I'm just a sort of naturally pessimistic fan that I'm always like thinking maybe the worst will happen and hoping for the best. So, yeah, it's still... I don't feel confident yet. I would. I am really happy that our next game is going to be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and we're playing on a really good quality pitch and there's, it's going to be a different atmosphere. It will feel like an event because I think that we probably played some of the best football we have against Manchester United when we were playing at the stadium last. So, you know, I feel like we will raise our game for that and that's important and we're going to need that.
3: I'm feeling a lot more confident after this result because Aston Villa was a team that I really was not expecting us to pick up any points against. And, you know, I've been saying that I think we need four points out of our remaining games to be safe. So there's one and we just need one win somewhere. And I feel like we can get it against Brighton this weekend. Um, But it's, the the whole outlook has changed for me just getting that kind of surprise point from this game um I feel a lot better about it and as we pointed out our you know rivals for this (laughs) I don't know rival for a relegation spot that doesn't really make sense but you know what I mean they've got much tougher runs in um to the end of the season I think so I think we're gonna be safe
2: yeah and like I've said it before and I'll say it again and maybe this will bite me in the ass one day, but I don't think it will. Um, West Ham are bad. They're just a bad team. And they've been unbelievably lucky this year, whereas we've been, like, unlucky. Um, I think having them on the last day is really good. And also, I think that not to make like wild predictions out here, but I feel like I do one in every pod. So let's have another. I wouldn't be shocked to see us pass West Ham in the table because I don't think they're very good. No. I have to say, Abby, that is that is
3: very bold because I feel like we kind of have had the attitude that we did not want to go into that last game against them, needing a result because, you know, oh, we I don't about... think
2: we're going to need a result. I just think we're going to need them anyway.
3: Yeah, but I think we talk about like what is a rivalry in WSL because it's obviously different from the rivalry on the men's side and I feel like West Ham is the team that we actually do have the most like realistic rivalry with at this point. Like we do not like each other.
0: Cuz you see like I I I think you're right. Like I would hate to go into that game needing a result, but I think Abby's maybe right like so statistically i think if we win against brighton we win against reading and so we don't need that final game at that point i think we've got a really good chance against west ham so if we're confident in that game and we don't need it i think that abby could be right and we there's the points is not that many and west ham haven't been picking up a lot of points recently so i feel like it's this there's this sort of like sliding doors thing but it's not you know that yeah we could end up having a surprisingly decent end of season But there's this like very small window where we could also slip completely downhill and being awful. I know. That makes sense. It's the
2: Brighton game that that worries me, to to be honest. It's the Brighton game that I'm really concerned about. But we'll come on to that in just a little bit. I think like, shoot, what was the other thing I was going to say about West Ham? Oh, I mean, they're not really in danger of relegation. And so it's kind of like, to me, I'm like, what do they have left to play for? Like, I don't even think... Yeah, I just think the vibes around are going to be just totally different. But but anyway, we do have to play Brighton first. And that is the one in my mind where I'm kind of like freaking out about it. And I don't I don't know if that's just because it's the next game. Uh, But to me, for some reason, it just feels like the most important one. Like, maybe it'll be a vibe setter or something. Uh, So, yeah, they just hired Melissa Phillips who was London City's manager in the championship. And they had a very strong start to the season under her, was absolutely loving the way they were playing. Uh, And then she went to Angel City to become Angel City's backup. And then Brighton hired her from Angel City. And I will just say, I did not know she was available. And I'm enormously jealous that we were not all over that she would have been just a great option they did look to have turned things around but then they lost to liverpool this week and that was not as good so coming into the game they've got one loss and we will have just drawn villa how do we feel
0: I think as I said before, like I'm I'm really happy this is the main stadium. I feel like this is the game that we need all of that energy because, like you said, it's not going to be an easy game. I'm not expecting 8-0 or even the 4-0 from last season. But, you know, I don't think their defence is that solid. And I think that it's, you know, I, I still think that it's a game that we can win and that we could outscore them. Um, so I'm... Yeah, I think it's going to be tough, but I'm sort of feeling like we're going to get it.
1: I mean, it's Ash Neville's thirtieth birthday, so we've got to do something, right? We've got a party at the stadium for Ash. I, I think it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's a big game. I think it's an important game because if we win this one, I think everybody says, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty much safe at that point. So it's a huge game, and confidence-wise, I think the result against villa is huge getting a point against aston villa which we weren't anticipating the confidence in the way the team were playing was good to see and the the result will have only improved that as i say hopefully brighton's new manager bounce has has gone they're not going to be the team that they that we beat 8-0 obviously they getting they're a better team than that at this point in time and we're not the team that we were at that point obviously with our with all the what's happened since but i do i do think it's a really good opportunity and at our home grounds to to beat Brighton and to take that next, you know, this this game against Villa was a first step to ending the season well. The next step is beating Brighton, uh, and if the team are serious, and as I say, you know, there is good news coming through with with the injuries and things, and um, we can give Kit some more time, uh, and we can maybe see Ria coming back. Hopefully, Shalina. I think Shalina possibly would have got some minutes at the end of the game against Villa, except for the fact that it was on quite such a knife edge that we didn't want to risk that but she was certainly warming up and uh, taking her coat off and stuff so we could well see some Shalina in this game as well so I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff and we just need to get the result to um to support that
3: yeah I think the momentum is definitely on our side Brighton definitely had a bit of a bounce when Phillips came in like especially in terms of their performances I watched their FA Cup game and they were actually a little bit unlucky not to get through um but I think we just have so much going for us at this moment and our, our confidence is really high. The mentality is high. And now that I know it's going to be Ash's birthday, I'm going to be hoping for an Ash Neville birthday goal. So hopefully that happens. But yeah, I think as long as the home crowd shows up, gets behind them, there's no reason why we shouldn't win this game.
2: Yeah, agree. And I will say um, we have technically already beaten a Melissa Phillips team this year because I think she was involved in all of the prep right up until Angel City took her. Right before we played London City in the cup, so you know I'm feeling at, you. You guys know I'm not feeling pretty good, but we. I feel like I should be feeling pretty good. So that's all for today. Signing off. This has been N17 Women. Uh, you can follow us in all the usual places and come on, you Spurs. <laughs>